What else have you learned as a result of that incredible journey you've been on? Don't sweat the small stuff. <laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> I, I know what it means as a phrase, but what do you mean by that? What do you mean well, when you say that to there's us? There's a lot worse things in life that can happen to oneself um, than, yeah, the yeah. loss of a lifestyle or whether it be money or things, materialistic things, you yeah. don't need yeah. You don't need it. Yeah. Well, he was a little bit of a, uh, I think I said to you earlier, a, a bit of an emotional cripple. Right, yeah. He found it very difficult to um, let you know that he loved you. Yeah, yeah. He, he struggled with that, you know. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until he got dementia yeah. that he became a much softer person. <laughs> wow, isn't that interesting? Uh, gracious. Gracious, what a beautiful word. Humble. Yeah. Even then. Yeah. Like then. Yes, yeah. definitely. Gracious, humble. Yeah. In that life? Yeah, she was. Oh. She actually was. Wow. You're saying she didn't take that lifestyle for granted. No. It, it was a bonus. Yeah, she never did. She was never that person that that I, I'm always so proud of her that she was that she remained authentic and just a kind, generous, gracious, beautiful Humble. woman. Mm. Hey, yes, welcome. You just joined a, a journey with Bernie. And dear listeners, I just want to pay a tribute to you right up front. I thank you ever so much for joining us on a weekly basis. Got some really good news, you know. We're hitting 3,000 listeners per episode. And this is, uh, this is episode number 31. So the, the, uh, the podcast is gaining some wonderful traction. And why wouldn't it? Because... I'm a listener to podcasts, I love Rich Roll, I, I, I listen to even Oprah and Super Soul Conversations. I tell you what, there's some really good stuff in there, I recommend that one. But uh, there's not too many podcasts that are focusing on the subject of how we become a more loving human being. It sounds like a soft topic, doesn't it? But in reality... We un need to understand what actions and strategies and disciplines and routines and ways of seeing people in the world for us to, to latch onto so that they can become part of our life so that we too can become a more loving being, a happier one. I just got a feeling it brings meaning to our lives. And you know, dear listeners, that's what the podcast is, is all about. Super excited. Super, super excited about today's guest. And one of the reasons is, again, Rebecca Williams comes to this Journey with Bernie episode via a recommendation from one of our past guests. Thank you, Merrin Tuck, who, by the way, is one of the best Airbnb agents on the Sunshine Coast. Are, are you aware of that, Rebecca? Well, I've only just be ma been made aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> but you went to school with Merrin. <laughs> I did. How many years ago? 
Well, gee, I'm really giving away my age here. <laughs> I think uh, we finished year 12 in 1981. That's amazing. So we're talking about 19, 20, 22. That, that's 41, 40, 42 years ago. I'll let you, you do the math. I was never good at it. You and Merintark. What school? St Hilda's oh, on the Gold Coast. Well, I'm a nudgy, a nudgy old boy. Right, right. Uh, and your uh, your boys' school down there, TSS, of course, is one of our arched rivals. They are. Yeah, they are. I don't know whether we would have even spoken to you. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> But listen, hey, thank you, Merrin, for bringing uh, Rebecca Williams uh, to this particular episode. And Merrin's so enthusiastic about your presence here, Beck, that she actually sent me this post. I'm just going to pick the dickens out of it. Sure. This post came, I think, from Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instagram, yes, Instagram, yes, yeah. Yes, and it goes something like this. This is Rebecca Williams speaking to the world a couple of years ago. And it goes. No, less than that. Well, it goes 2000. Oh, it is. 21st of November. We're talking about four months ago. Yes. Four months right. ago. Here we go. If you had told me a few years ago that I would leave a life in Paddington, Sydney, to live remotely on a 5,000-acre sheep property. What? <laughs> I know, right? In Stanthorpe, Queensland. Hey, you got some woolies out there? <laughs> oh, it gets cold in Stanthorpe. Trust me. <laughs> I would have spat out my half-strength extra-hot soy latte with two splendours and into your face. But here I am six months down the track. Overworked and grossly underpaid, and living the life of a farmer's wife. Wow. Yes. But do I look sad? No. No, <laughs> no she says. <laughs> Apparently, I've taken to it like a duck to water, which is weird because there's not a lot of water. <laughs> there's no water out there, and there's no ducks. <laughs> My once, what is this word? Shellacked. Shellacked. You nailed. don't know what shellacked is. Well, uh, yeah, I never had my nails shellacked. Well, it's, you know, it's yeah. a nail polish that stays on longer R than nail polish. Right, basically. okay. So this is telling us a little bit about the previous life. That's right. Now I resemble that of a tree climbing goanna. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I've traded my, What? Who has 250 pretty oh, dresses? Easily. Huh? Easily. Easily. For worn out jeans, denim shorts and tattered tees and sweatshirts. My hair hasn't seen the likes of a 400 buck. What's this word? Balayage. What? No, Bernie? you explain that, please. No, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, from, it's getting your hair coloured in right. a certain particular with a technique. Fellas, yeah. we're learning a lot uh, about women here this afternoon. I've never had a balayage with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. You might have had something else that ends with an age. <laughs> Stop. Stop it, <laughs> You haven't had one for, for almost a year. Your days are spent feeding horses, sheep, and a couple of crazy, beautiful Jack Russell dogs mm -hmm. rather than sit in peak hour traffic driving to one end of Sydney to the other as a glorified sales rep. Beck, you, you gave up. Well, some people would say you gave up a lot. Yeah. Others might say, well, you've actually gained a lot. Which True. is it? Well, I think most of the people that I speak to or have a presence on, you know, Facebook or Instagram are always saying, wow, you look so happy. I want to try that life because obviously wow. it's working for you. And, 
you know, of course you can make your life look anything you want it to look like yeah. on such platforms as That's Facebook right. and Instagram. Social media, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is it is pretty true to how I live my life out there, except I don't always run around with makeup and uh, shellac nails. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So do you, on that note, do you, do you think a lot of people through social media love glorifying their life? Do, do, there's a lot of over-glorification. Most definitely. You know, we, it's like we have this beautiful habit of presenting our best selves. Look at the breakfast that I'm eating. <laughs> you know, there's, no photos, there's no photos of theirs looking really daggy and out, not, you know, not correct. first waking up first up in the morning, you know. Correct. It's all a bit glamified. It is a little. Yeah. yeah. It's not truly authentic, is yeah. it? Yeah. Is it true that you've found something else in the farm life? Is it um, – what's been the value of you making this shift? Well, what can I say? The value, the reason – I can give you the reason for me making the That'd shift. That would be great, yeah. And that is uh, for none other than love, Bernie. Wow, Bernie. you <laughs> I did it for love. Yeah, now – you know I'm going to ask. Mm. Your hubby's got a bit of notoriety. We're not married yet, but yes. We, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. All right. Well, you're maybe on your The way. jury's still out on that. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been with James, and I'll let you fill in the James, for five years? Five years as of, yeah, yeah. Th- this month pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So, um Help the listeners out, just to give them a picture. Okay. It's not James's podcast, I can tell you. Hard luck, James. No. It's, it's n- all about Beck. It's not James's but podcast. just give us the picture. Here's the picture, in a nutshell. James and I went to um, brother-sister schools on the Gold Coast. He was a TSS boy. So he TSS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to do lots of activity, you know. We'd support the boys, they'd you know, all that sort of thing, ballroom dancing, you know. Walks blah, along blah, the blah. beaches. No, no, no. That wasn't part of the curriculum. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, James took a bit of a, you know, like liking to me, yeah. understandably so. Yeah. Um, and invited me out to his farm in Stanthorpe when I was fifteen. Yeah. Uh, to which I was extremely excited because yeah. I had show horses when I was younger and sure. went on to do that professionally. But the idea of me going out to actually sit on an Australian stock horse and round up the cattle or the sheep was, was fantastic. I thought, this is great. So, did you like James or did you just like his cattle? No. <laughs> I, no, I'll take him or leave him. <laughs> At 15 years of age. Yeah. But the farm was a the really appealing. The farm was a massive draw card. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, so I asked mum and dad and said, can I go out to the farm and yeah. his parents will be there. It's all yeah, you know, yeah, supervised. Yeah, 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 yeah. The answer was yes. And so I headed out there and I don't know, do I tell the rest of the story? Yeah, you do. Go for it, Dal. Well, go for it. people might wonder why I had the opportunity to be flying out there in a jet ranger helicopter. <laughs> But um, I was very fortunate. My father actually developed SeaWorld on the Gold Coast and yeah. so we had a couple of helicopters on yeah. at, at our disposal. So when I said to Dad, can I go? And he said, yes, of course. I said, yeah. but Dad, it's eight, hour, eight and a half hours in a bus. Yeah. It probably was then when the roads weren't as 
good, mm. you know. So and where did said, James live? He lived in Stanthorpe. Oh, okay. Mm. So, it's, so have you returned to the family property? Yeah, right there. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. So um, yeah. I was flown out in a Jet Ranger helicopter and yeah. landed on the in the paddock right in front of where we now live in the 100-year-old homestead yeah. that belongs to the Blundell family. Hmm. There you go. Way out west or where Way the out west. Way out west, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, you know, you know, Dad, who invented, not invented, but founded and created. Yeah, SeaWorld, you must be proud that SeaWorld still exists. Oh, of you course. Know? It's still flourishing, you yes. know, despite that terrible accident that occurred down there a few weeks ago. But Yes. Um, but, you know, SeaWorld's an iconic part of our, of our whole Gold Coast. You know, it is. Created by your dad, mm. Keith Williams. Yes. You know? yep. and, um, and that wasn't his only you know, claim to fame. He really put Hamilton, you tell the story. Um, well, my father, yes, developed Hamilton Island as yeah. such. And I remember going there when I was obviously much younger and there was literally nothing on it. Yeah. Um, we used to stay in a caravan. Um, it was overrun with goats and, and cattle. Yeah. And there was, I think, a little old school there, the, a family that lived there, Hamilton Amazing. family lived there okay. prior. Okay. So, yes, he took on that um, to develop. Yeah. Um, and it went from there. Well, you say it went from there. It. You correct me if I'm wrong, and this is only just a Bernie perception, which doesn't make it right. But I think he, I think Hamilton Island became probably apart from Hayman, or in addition to mm-hmm. Hayman, they probably became the go-to resort islands. Yes. Yeah. Would well, that be I a fair comment? My father spent a lot of time because he always had a great love of uh, boats. Yeah. So he, he was never without a boat, and. He spent a lot of time in the Whitsundays and at Hayman Island in particular. Yeah. And saw an opportunity to have something that he yeah. really wanted to open up the Whitsundays to the world, basically. Yeah. Because it's such yeah. a beautiful part of our country, you know. Did he put the airport down there in He Hamilton? certainly did. I mean, that's, that's huge. Yeah, let's what not talk c- about the mountains that he blew up, but anyway, <laughs> hey. <laughs> It wasn't to everyone's liking. So he didn't vote for the Green Party? <laughs> he did not vote for the Green Party, Bernie. <laughs> but he, he really did open it up because that airport is really the the entry. That's isn't right, it, to, that's right. To that so the Whitsundays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So 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 our listeners now are getting a little bit of a flavour of the uh, you know, the early years of your life as mm. Part of the Williams family and um, all of these wonderful projects that uh, Keith is founding and creating and making happen, and yet, fifteen-year-old Rebecca Williams is you likes James Blundell. I liked him. <laughs> he liked me more. <laughs> In fact, when I he asked me to go out to his farm, his uh, his closest mate at school. Uh, a guy called Robert Bryant. Yeah. And he was a bit keen on me too, I think. I was pretty popular when I was 15, but anyway. I wonder why. I, I don't know if it was because I had a pet dolphin or um, or a jet ranger helicopter. I'm not quite sure. Anyway, I said to Roger, oh, I've been on, invited out to James's farm. He said, oh, really? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm going out in the helicopter. He said, oh, he invited me too. I said, great. 
come with me. And as the helicopter landed in the, the paddock in front of the house and I stepped out and then Roger stepped out and James said, Roger, what are you doing here, mate? He goes, you said I could come any time. <laughs> <laughs> and so, did he stay? Yeah, he stayed for, he stayed for a week I or bet two. James was really happy oh, about that. he was that. so excited. <laughs> and they constantly tried to um, yeah. outdo each other and oh, make fools of each other. And oh. Boys yeah. will be boys. That's so, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So l- let's not lose touch with the uh, today, you know what I mean, literally this Friday. But I mean, you know, today in the last five years. You, how did you get back out to Stanthorpe, you, you know, with James Bondell as your, your partner in life? How, how, did you, how did you move in that direction? How did that happen? Well, out of the blue, um, I got a phone call. It was just uh, after my birthday, same time uh, five years ago to today. Wow. Wow. And Happy anniversary yeah. of sorts. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And, yeah, out of the blue, there's this message um, I didn't answer the call. And he says, James Blundell. I was like, wow. Okay. Ghost from the past. You know, of course I knew that he had gone on to become very successful in the country music scene and, um, you know, made his way over to Nashville and was quite a, you know, bit of a sex symbol. (laughs) (laughs) We may have to cut that out, folks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll ask James's permission, eh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think he'd be pretty happy about it. He was voted, you know, sexiest yeah. man alive in some magazine. Was he? Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, back wow. in the day. Yeah. But um, uh, my mother always used to, she loved him when we yeah. were young. She said, oh, that James, oh, he's so lovely. And he used to bring out the guitar and we'd go yawn. <laughs> <laughs> yawn, here comes James with the guitar again. But... Um, yeah, so I was well. I was well aware of how he, you know, advanced in his career and done yeah. very well. Um, but getting back to the subject at hand, and that Which was is, he called me out yeah, of the yeah, blue. Yeah. Um, he was doing a gig, so he still performs um, up in Cairns, and there was a woman there that is a, a, a close acquaintance, like acquaintance. Yeah. And she said, "You know Becky Williams, don't you?" Yeah. He said, oh, love of my life, unrequited love. And she said, well, are you single? He said, well, actually I am for the first time in a long time because James had a habit of meeting women and marrying them. But, um, yeah, so she said, well, I'm going to get Becky's number and I'm going to give her a call. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. And that was it. Wow, wow. So now you've obviously become great mates. Yeah, of course. Partners in when, life, yeah. Yeah, well, seeing James again for the first time in 37 years yeah. was like an old friend and you feel completely at ease that, you know, you, you spent childhood years together. Yeah. It sort of doesn't, yeah. you know, it, it binds you. for. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, Entertainers, you know that 37 years, did you ever give James Bundle another thought? Was he... Was he? Was there a little bit of heartstring, you know, still attached? Well, in I, the thirty-seven years, yeah, look, you better I, be careful how you answer. Yes, this. okay. <laughs> Basically, I found out oh, it's a few years ago now, but not at the time. Uh, I think James was on, you know, a 
television show, maybe yeah. Current Affair or something like that. Yeah. And someone saw it and called me and they said, hey, James Blundell is just being interviewed and they've asked him, you know, what inspired you to write some of your, your, your music, you know, yeah. the land and the... He said, yes, yes, a lot comes from, from the land and all that sort of thing. He said one of the first songs I ever wrote and was a hit um, was for a, a girl named Rebecca Williams. And wow. She stole my heart and I wrote a song for her. I was like, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's me. That's, uh, that's me. So I found someone that had a James Blundell CD yeah. and, you know, you could pull out the in yeah. certain – the lyrics were all there. Yeah. And, and I'm like, okay, which song is it? Which song is it? Which song is it? There it is. Down on the farm. Wow. And the first word is – well, first phrase. Rebecca told me with my heart in her hands. Wow. My thoughts ran too deep oh, for such a young man. Yeah, my love was broken. You know I think the she whole was song. right. <laughs> I still think about her late at night. <laughs> That's it. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. So, Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. He still sings it today. Yeah. There you go. Well, let's not make this about James. No. I'm already tired about he gets James enough, already. He yeah, gets enough yeah, airplay. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Life on the farm now for, for you. Mm. Um, one is already sensing this is a very different lifestyle to the one that you grew up with, you know. Yes, correct. So let's just talk about who – I know it sounds a funny question – but who are you now? Like you're you're out in the farm. Why? Um, why do you choose? You could say, well, is it just to be with James? I, I imagine that it's more than that. Um, what do you value about that farm life? It's. Um, I have to say, it's it's really a sense of freedom as well as you know, living in a city. Like such as Sydney for mm-hmm. twenty years of my life, um, and yeah, it's it's great and it's convenient and it's fantastic when you want to go out and socialise, restaurants and clubs or whatever. But you're talking I'd, of Sydney, there, yes. Aren't you? But yeah. I'd really outgrown it, and yeah. honestly, wasn't utilising the city to its best. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't really go out much or. or I was happy just doing my job and coming yeah. home and relaxing. So yeah. when I first started going out to James's farm, I think the longest time I spent there was during COVID. Mm. And I just loved it. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. What did you love about it? Well, what I've always... What did it always, mean to you? What did it mean to me? Yeah. Well, there is that sense of freedom yeah. and um, serenity and... Yeah. Uh, yeah, just like a calm and a yeah, de- and definitely a, calming. And a peace, definitely, definitely. Can I throw in the word? Is there an uncluttedness? Yes, yes. <laughs> Although there was a lot of clutter when I got there, Bernie. <laughs> Country people seem to like to hoard things, right? So I've spent much of my time uncluttering. Yeah. Um, and has that been fun? I know it sounds a funny uh, word. Well, it gives you a great sense of satisfaction. Um, yeah. The house that we're living in now is almost 100 years old. Wow. And James's father was there until just two years ago when he passed. Yeah. It wasn't in the best condition, let yeah. me tell you. Yeah. And when I first went there, 
James and I lived in another um, home called yeah. the Shearer's Quarters, and it's actually the, the old Shearer's Quarters. Quarters. But wow. it was quite cute and quaint and da da da. Renovated, yeah. Yeah, and I Granny said, flat type thing? No, uh, no, four, like four bedrooms. Oh, it's okay. like with the oh, brand. Gotcha. Yeah, I gotcha. It's like the old yeah. Shearer's Quarters. Yeah. But um, and going up to his father's home, I would say I will, I'll never live in this house because mm. I found it depressing. Mm. Um, but when I say depressing, it's simply because, you know, I think nothing had been done to it for probably 50 years. Um, yeah. Carpeted throughout, um, the walls are all stained from the s- smoke and yeah. yellowed and... It yeah. needed love yeah. and I'm really enjoying giving it that love and attention and wow. I now live in there, which yeah. I said I would never do. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Does that mean – I've got to know, I've got this picture. Does that mean you found a hammer and a nail? And no, I found started... a lot of paint. Okay. okay. A lot of paint and I ripped up a lot of carpet to find stunning uh, hardwood floorboards. Yeah. Why they have them covered up, I'm not quite sure, yeah. but that's just the way it – yeah, could just imagine those yeah, beautiful yeah. old homesteady. Yeah, oh, it's type. beautiful. Yeah, those you know, veranda that runs woods. all yeah. the way around. It's yeah. yeah, and it's made of uh, we call it mud brick. Yeah, so it's not going to fall down, yeah. and uh, you know, it keeps yeah. it nice and warm with the fireplaces in yeah. winter and cool in the summer. Let me throw. Um, I'll just say the word nature. Mm-hmm. And. And now that you've gone out there and you've spent so much time out there, what is your connection? Can you describe your connection with nature? Is it different to what it was in your first 10, 20, 30, 40 years of life? You know, I've got you basically on the Gold Coast and in Sydney and mm. you're, you're living a, 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 you know, an entrepreneur. You're the daughter of a, an entrepreneurial life, you know. <laughs> now you're, you're, you're a farmer's Life yes. out there. Nature. Well, w- when you say that? nature, I've always had, a, you know, a great love for um, animals. So yeah. um, my first pet was a dolphin. But <laughs> I, we don't get many of them out in these parts. But anyway, but I've always connected with um, animals as such and had horses for a lot of my younger years, so I was I was often out in the country. You had your own horse when you were young. Yes, yeah. or horses. Many. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Do you have a favourite? Oh well, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Name. His name was well. His show name was Tournament. Right. But his stable name was Lucky. And were you? The rider, equestrian yes. rider. Yeah, yes, yes. So I used to compete um, nationally oh, at all wow. the okay. shows. Yeah. How'd you go? Very well. Yeah, like winners. Oh, front cover of the horse magazine, Bernie. Yeah. So no, I did very well, and yeah, that was my life for for quite a few years. Yeah, yeah. So out there in the farm, what animals are you connecting with out there? Well, all of them, really. I mean, we've got some great. Crazy Jack Russells. We've yeah. got. Um, I've got my own horse that I'm working on oh, to hope okay. to get back into the competitive so, yeah. scene. Good um, sheep. So we mm. run sheep there. Uh, we've just had, had a great connection with a with a, a ewe that we called Eunice, and she passed away last week. And I don't think I've ever cried so much. Is that right? Yeah, no? she was quite exceptional. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I know. So what made her? 
So exceptional. Or what, what was the connection like that made it such an emotional experience when she passed? Because she was such a character. And yeah. James said to me, he said, you just don't get sheep like this. <laughs> like she was a character. Yeah. yeah. She, she was exceptional. We loved her. Yeah. Um, we got her off. She was actually bred on the property. Uh, when she was uh, she was a potty lamb, yeah, and she was given to some friends of James, yeah. and they reared her. But then she she didn't think she was a sheep, so she was always breaking into the house and you know eating stuff. And they said, "Look, you've got to take this sheep back because she's driving us mad. Right. We'll kill her." Yeah, James said, "No, we'll take her back." Yeah. And um, we we just fell in love with her. Yeah, mm. yeah. I th- I think you you. you you, you've met me enough in the lunch prior to this, and and now to, to know I'm an inquisitive bugger. Mm. You know, you know. So the next question, I, I'm just trying to understand what is the potential of relationship between human and animals. Um, what what can animals teach us? Um, A lot. Can you can you nail it, but open it up for us. What do they teach us? What do you learn from your relationship with all those beautiful horses and Eunice and the Jack Russells? And well, of course, animals uh, are not judgmental. Yeah, they will be loyal. Um, I'm talking probably more about dogs in this case because. They're quite different personalities to horses or... Eunice was quite judgmental. <laughs> Eunice could be a little bit judgmental. <laughs> Especially if you didn't have a handful of corn chips. Is that right? That's right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, look, they're accepting of who... You, they don't care what you look like. Well, yeah. they just want to be loved. Yeah. And they're loyal. And fed. And, f- and fed. But, yeah. But dogs will... You know, have you had dogs before, Bernie? You have, you mm. have, yeah, yeah. They're you know quite exceptional, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. Humans, I think, are the race that. Yeah, yeah. Really, <laughs> can be disappointing. <laughs> can you say? Could you say, for example, that through your connection with animals, do they? Can they actually make you less judgmental? I'm trying to work out the degree of connection. Is is it animal and human separate or is there such a connection that they're actually a teacher to us? Well, I think they are a teacher to us. Yeah. You? Do you? Yeah, I suspect that – I suspect there is great connectedness between us and all life Mm. Mm. and even – Trees and the plants and the flowers, mm-hmm. um, the fruits and the nuts, and the, yep. and the and the veggies. There is no separateness. Um, I think. The, I, I think if we cleared away our excuse me, listeners, our crap, um, the stuff that distracts us, and um, and and we allow to intervene, and and it. it, it I th- I, if we cleared away all that, I think it leaves us in an uncluttered, you mentioned the word before, peace, calming, loving state where we actually recognise that we're connected 
in some way, perhaps with all people, all living things. Mm. Mm-hmm. But spiritual, that one. Mm. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. You feel that? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I asked you once before, define spiritual. <laughs> spiritual to me is recognising um, that the whole universe, the whole of existence, how can it possibly be there if there's not something greater than self? You know, it, it, I don't get caught up in what it's called. Yes. You know? uh, I've got good friends who want to call it God. Others mm. want to call it, you know, Yahweh. Um, others want to call it, well, Star Wars called it, may the force be with you. <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, it, it, you don't get caught up, don't need to get caught up in no. the religiosity, the, in my belief in some cases, the human-made constructs mm-hmm. um, that want to define it. You know, I, I just love tapping into, can I just call it the great spirit, the great energy, the mm. great in, intelligence, mm. you know. And when I realise that, um, when I feel that connection, that that's so reassuring. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that on the farm? <laughs> I don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy renovating think, the house. <clears throat> I think it really makes you appreciate, like coming from uh, a, a place where I never have to worry about whether we had enough water. Yeah. Because we always did. Yeah. But you you put yourself out there. Yeah. And it's tough. Yeah. It's really tough. Yeah. Because you are relying on a terrain yeah. to feed your animals. Yeah. And it's a pretty sad state when yeah. that doesn't happen. Sure, yeah. So you really do appreciate things that you really um, don't even think about yeah. when you're living in a, in a city situation or yeah. it's like, oh, like I've ever, ever, am I ever going to run out of water? No. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's just simple things like that. Yeah, yeah. How have your values changed being on the farm? Like, if you think about, you know, again, the first 10, 20, 30, 40 years, there's so much entrepreneurialism going on in your house, you know. Maybe Dad's so darn busy, he's hardly <coughs> ever there, you know. Mm. You're living on the Gold Coast, it's a bit of a high life, you know. And then, and then y- 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 here you are, wind the clock on a number of years later, mm. and you're living on the farm. Does that create a different value set? Do do you become? Well, I think, yes, I think so because I sort of, uh, how do I say this? I never thought I would have to worry about um, money or a certain lifestyle or any of that sort of thing. But as it turned out... I did. Yeah. But now being out there on the farm, yeah, I suppose, you you know, it's... Are you less attached to money? Yes. Are you Probably less, less attached. Because yeah, you, but it doesn't mean you can't value it and value what it can give you mm. and, and the experiences that, can, that it can 
buy for you. Yeah. Like I, va- I value money because it can take me to Nepal in the Himalayas. Yes. And yeah. Walk with the Sherpa in the of in course. the spirit of Buddhism. Mm-hmm. You know, I call that the Holy Trinity. It's a pretty powerful spiritual experiences and without a a few dollars in the bank you can't have those that's right experiences correct Correct. but i'd like to think that i'm not committed to nor driven by it no no yeah is that i didn't want to put words in your mouth but is that can you relate to that yeah i can i can and and the thing is yeah, it's all very well to say that um, money doesn't make you happy but i don't think it's going to make me sad however it's a means to um you know, like, like, oh, there's so much I would love to do to this yeah. this house and yeah. make it a real home, and yeah. and it requires. I'm doing, it, I'm doing it as best yeah. as I can, yeah. what I can do, and then, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but what I'm hearing there is, is the real attachment there is to creating the home. Well, I want to create a home that the I want home. to be in. Yeah, yeah. Because a home is a metaphor for. Love it. That's right. <laughs> yeah, That's right. Yeah. So yeah. the 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 value there is uh, under the banner or title of home. The value is there is creating love. Yeah. Just that sometimes some of our creations <laughs> in the way that the love is expressed is um, you know may require a few dollars mm, there. Yeah. Mm. But it, it doesn't mean that you're driven by it. No. 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 It would yeah. just make it a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> this you know, of course, you're you're alluding to a circumstance which we haven't spoken about yet, and but I think our listeners, you know, if if any of them are our stages of life, and let's just say you know forty plus. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yes, that sounds great. <laughs> then you know the the entrepreneurial name that your dad had. I mean, he was an icon. Mm. It really, you know, and so we, we can start to imagine. Just give us two minutes worth of what life was like when you're teenager, young woman, and you're in that world. Right. Right. Just two minutes worth. We don't want to spend time and just give us a flavour of it, you know? Well, I was pretty fortunate that I actually grew up living inside SeaWorld. Yeah. So that was from when I was eight, uh, that's where I lived. Yeah. Just right inside the gates at SeaWorld. So wow. So with that, that was where the house was? Yes. Literally? It was meant to be the caretaker's house, but yeah. we ended up living there for, for much to mum's dismay, um, <laughs> a long time. Yeah, right. So I had a fantastic childhood yeah fantastic I mean I couldn't have wanted for more because I was surrounded by you know people and the the staff and the water the water ski show and the dolphins yeah I mean it was pretty amazing yeah I think I even got to bring my pony to SeaWorld for because Christmas Day was the best day at SeaWorld because it was closed yeah so we had the run of the place wow you brought all your friends in then yeah, well, sometimes I did, and I brought my pony because I said to Dad, I want to ride the pony around SeaWorld. Yeah. didn't work out so well, but anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, look, hey, I was never bored, yeah. Um, yeah. and I just, I just had a really fantastic upbringing. But I imagine a lot of things were got for you, you, you know. Um, I mean, money can buy some lovely dresses and, yes. you know, all sorts of trimmings, yes, you yes. know, et cetera. So I assume that was part of your 
uh, teenage young woman life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, in saying that, um, I think I mentioned before, I I have worked from a very young age. Yeah. So my dad would, um, yeah, he was a hard taskmaster. And yeah. he pretty much said, right, okay, you're going to work school holidays. He put you in the ski show. And okay. I'd sit in ticket boxes and sell tickets for rides okay. and sell fish for the sea lions for people to feed. And it was it was amazing. And like, you were an employee. I was an employee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got paid. Go beyond SeaWorld then. You know, what what, what other what other jobs did you move to? Uh, After SeaWorld? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, after SeaWorld, I ended up uh, with my own equestrian centre. Wow. So I was very privileged that um, that's something that was afforded to me. By, yeah, but, yeah. um But, you know, my father always said, you have to be serious about this stuff because improve that it's not just a flash in the pan, basically. Yeah. And I was very serious and that yeah. was run as a business and – it was I, your business? Yes, it was my business. Oh, um, I had a bit of help because I was only uh, from nine, 18, 19. Wow. But um, I worked my butt off. Yeah. Um, because when you've got animals, it's it's all about the animals and they get fed before you do and yeah. they get looked after. And yeah. I would have been up every morning at five o'clock cleaning out stables and yeah. feeding and watering and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So it teaches you a really good sense of... Um, responsibility and I think it's it was uh, I think every um, child should have that experience yeah. of having to look after something sure other than yeah. themselves yeah but uh, I'm assuming that sort of like the capital investment in making the equestrian you know it yep. was was afforded to you by by you, you know your family's good fortunes but you became the businesswoman. It was your your business. You yes. had to make that yes. that business work, yeah, of and, course, yeah, and generate the cash with, flows with the help with, of yeah, uh, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. And after the equestrian, or how long did that? Did you sell the equestrian? Did it? How um, did it go? We did end up because I decided at the ripe old age of twenty two, three years later, after, <laughs> but I had I had horses for it, yeah, that. Um, uh, I suffered a broken heart and I thought I needed to go and see the world and I applied for a job as an uh, international flight attendant with Qantas. And how long did that last? 12 years. Wow. Yeah. So I moved to the big city of Sydney yeah. at 22 and I've yeah. never felt so free and amazing. Like yeah. I was – I really wanted to do something – for myself, I yeah. could have quite easily slotted into yeah. my father's business, but yeah. I wanted to do my own thing. Yeah, hmm. and 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 just off the top of your head, some of the highlights of the world that you visited, you know, through Qantas. I know you're only in a city for a night or two, oh. but there must have been a couple of experiences where you just went like, "Wow!" I see, Bernie. I was back in the day when we used to get a week off at a time in places like Tahiti, Rome, Greece. Because the two highlights, the flight, two highlights. Well, I'm just saying there was not just an overnight. Yeah. That's today. Yeah. Back in the days when I was working for Qantas, it was quite a lifestyle. Yeah. 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 It was amazing. Yeah. Um, when you say pick two places, oh, um, one that comes readily to mind, you go like, oh wow, I wish I could go back there again tomorrow. Well, um, I have to say the Greek islands. <laughs> <laughs> Why? But, 
Well, I'm I'm a real. I, I love the beach and yeah. the ocean yeah. and all that. I love yeah. that sort of lifestyle. And now I'm living on a farm with no water. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that just appeals to me. That's but you didn't of... say, for example, Lord Howe Island. You didn't say. No, I but would... I'd love to go to Lord Howe Island. Have Island. you been to Lord no, Howe? No, but I was looking recently. I thought oh, I'd like to go there. I've got to share with you something. One of my great mates. I think he was episode number three or four. Mm. Tony Groom of Binnaburra right. fame. Tony managed Binnaburra. Oh yes. Please forgive me, Tony, if I've got the. Uh, I, it was at least fifteen years, I think. His father, Arthur Groom, founded mm-hmm. Binnaburra. You know? mm-hmm. And Tony is just nature personified. Yeah. And I remember asking Tony once, I said, you've been to every national park in the world. You know, you know all the national parks of America. You take people to the national parks of Europe, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Give me the best place on planet Earth. You know what he said? Australia. Lord <laughs> Howe oh, Lord Howe. Island. <laughs> Wow, okay. And, and and once you go to Lord Howe, I'm probably a little bit out of place here. I reckon five days is spot on because mm. it's such a small island, no cars. Mm. And, and and everywhere you look, it's either you're on the island and you look left and right and you can see a bit of the land. You can go around the island in about three hours right. walking, yep. right? Yep. But the rest is just the Pacific Ocean. Mm, mm. It's just beautiful. And phenomenal. And I think there are only 40 families that exist Live on there. the island. And pretty well, they're either farmers or they're hospitality people. Right. I've got a feeling only like 200 to 400 people are allowed yep. on the island at any one time. Yeah, right. You know? Oh, yeah. Just a, a, a really colossal, a yep. colossal place. Yep. Dad then involved himself at, a, at an older age in some interesting projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, elaborate yes. for us. Uh, Hamilton Island, We've Hamilton Island, yes. and then after that, and then after that, a... it was Port Hinchinbrook. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and for any of those who re, you know remember that, I remember that just being a lot of protests, a disaster. And... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Until the cyclone came and took out the marina. Yeah, so that didn't end too well. So there, there was the. There was a, the, the disaster of the project itself and and its its obstacles and its blockages mm. to the project. Yeah, then there was the cyclone. Uh, yes, I mean the the the, the, the obstacles continued yeah. <coughs> before yeah. and after after the cyclone as yeah. well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but my father yeah passed away not long after, after that. that. So yeah, yeah. and yeah. left the project. To who? Like what happens then to a project? My younger brother. Wow. Mm-hmm. And how did he go? Did he rescue it? Well, I think he did an, ex- an excellent job. Yeah. But it just, uh, yeah, unfortunately my father had probably made some not great decisions. Yeah. And it was incredibly uh, difficult for for my brother to sort of uh, pull us out of that situation. But he still gave us SeaWorld? He, he did. still gave us Hamilton Island. He did. You know? he and did. he gave us the gateway to yes. that, that whole... Beautiful marine, you know, That's environment right. up there. Yeah. But so, Dad passes away, and and I think you've just inferred there, uh, didn't leave much. Didn't leave no. much. Yeah. And I mean, you know, he would never have meant to no. do that. Yeah. Um, he suffered dementia prior to passing away, but you know, I have to say, someone like him, he's. You know, there's a, there's a lot of ego 
yeah. with someone like that. And I think sometimes they think they're invincible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's not going to happen. Yeah. Or not going to happen at, at so soon or yeah. in life or whatever. So he really never put anything in place uh, in case that happened. Yeah. There was which not is much crazy. contingency. No. It was all uh, attack, go yeah. forward, yeah? I mean, on paper and whatever, we should have been completely fine. For the rest of your lives. Forever. Yeah. Um, with the demise of the whole Port Hinchinbrook scenario, I don't really know much about it. My yeah. brother, you know, yeah. took care of that. It just, it was a disaster. Beck, a woman should always be allowed to give a plus or minus, but at what age are you, plus or minus please, when dad passes and and you discover that there ain't too much money in the bank? <laughs> Uh, oh, I was, what am I, 58, uh, 45, Wow, we're talking, uh, we're talking a dozen years ago. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 12 years, yeah. So let's, let's understand this. Like up until a dozen years ago, mm. yeah, yeah, maybe go back a little bit further than that, up to 15 years ago, there's the, the, the Williams Empire. Yes. Is, is basically part of your foundation. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then over a short period of time, you wake up one day and uh, it's more than just a wake up on a day, isn't it? But mm. uh, you become aware that that empire just ain't there. No, correct. Yeah, yeah. Put it this way, we didn't even have a funeral because we really actually couldn't afford it. Say that. Um, Don't say that. I heard that. I was going to say, say that one more time. I think that's phenomenal. Yeah. So we didn't have a funeral for Dad because we really couldn't afford it. Um, and I remember Mum going to see the people at the funeral home and we were going to get him cremated. And she said, oh, you know, they're saying that we really should have a service even if it's just for the family and, you know, the, the coffin should be. I said, Mum, Mum, Mum. My father wouldn't have cared if he was in a cardboard box. Yeah. He wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. And Sorry. <laughs> that's good, good, good. And that's what's going to happen. Yeah. He wanted to be cremated. Yeah. He wants his ashes spread out off Hamilton Island and yeah. at the spit at uh, Main Beach. Yeah. And he, he, didn't, he didn't care about that, Mum. So, honestly, I think the whole funeral thing, yes... Uh, but so was there a service? We ended up a very dear friend paid for a, a memorial service, which, you know, there was probably a thousand people that came to that. Oh, okay. But but prior to that happening, there wasn't going to be wow. anything. Yeah. Um, but of course, a lot of people were like, well, we want to pay our respects, or we want, you know. Yeah. But that turned out to be it. Was it was a really amazing uh, thing. It was a celebration, and it was so it should yeah, have been. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. You know, the one thing in this discussion we've left out is we, who's mum in all this? Mum, she's yeah. amazing. <laughs> You're saying she is amazing? She, she is amazing. She was amazing. She she's is, always amazing. She's, she's amazing. In well, what we, way? We have our moments, but she's pretty amazing. In what way? What makes her so um, amazing? She's just the most, um, you know, she's, you'd think that she's quite a sensitive person, but she's honestly throughout all of this yeah. and she has led an amazing life and been afforded, you know, wonderful 
holidays and yeah. lived in beautiful homes and we had, you know, beautiful boats and, yeah. and, and amazing yeah. to go from that to now yeah. uh, or, you know, when my father passed away was quite something because yeah. she really had nothing. Yeah. So she, she sold. left with nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She sold, you know, all the materialistic things, the yeah. diamonds and the, you know, artwork and the. Yeah. Everything. She sold yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we had to put her in a, into a rental property and yeah. and then we had to come up for the money for that each week, which yeah. was always been a struggle and still is, to be quite honest. So yeah. um, that's the thing that worried me the most because I thought, you know what, Becky, you can get on with it and you can you can do something, you know, you, you'll, you'll get through. Yeah. But having to worry about mum going through that at that stage of her life. Yeah. You know? yeah. But she handled it so well. Yeah. And um Wow. Yeah, she's like, well, you know, I've had a great I've had a great life. Yeah. Yeah. Um it'd be nice if she didn't have to worry so much about where the next you know, she's on the pension now, so it's quite different. <laughs> yeah, I well, Beck, you know, I I don't <laughs> I'm just going to say it because Bernie's Bernie. Uh, I don't hear any failure in that at all. No. None at all. I just hear it's part of the journey, mm. you know. And and let's see if, if I can add some evidence to that. Give me, as you think of mum when you were a young girl, let's say, you know, 16, 17, 18, you're leaving St Hilda's, you're becoming a young woman, that part of your life. Give me three words. I don't want a fourth word. Uh, I want three words that describe your mother. What did you see in your mother back then? Three words. Uh, gracious. Gracious. What a beautiful word. Humble. Yeah. Even then. Back yeah. Then. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Gracious, humble. Yeah. In that life. Yeah, she was. Oh. She actually was. Wow. You're saying she didn't take that lifestyle for granted. No. It, it was a bonus. Yeah, she never did. She was never that person that that. I'm always so proud of her that she was that she remained authentic and just a kind, generous, gracious, beautiful humble. woman. Mm. And that's who she yep. was back then. Yeah, she really was. She never got above herself, never. And yet so many people would in that. Yeah, in that, in that situation, yeah. that circumstances. Mm. Wind the clock on to now. Mum is in her 80s. And she is still the same. I want to she... hear the words. Oh. Three words you choose right now that describes your mother right now. Like when was the last time you saw her? Oh, about a month ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, you, you'd be in touch reasonably regularly. I, yeah, I, I every assume, day. Of course, every day. Yeah. Every day. Three words that describe your mother and how you see her now. Uh, resilient. Wow. Um, it's hard to come up with words on the spot like this, Barney. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think too much. Let the heart sing, though. Happy. 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 She's always happy, yeah. She's happy? Like 12 years ago, she looking at multi, 
lots and lots of zeros in her bank account. I know. Yeah, there's nothing. I know. And you're saying she's happy? But she's still, yeah, she's, well, she was. I mean, she was happy then, of course. Yeah. But what I'm saying is she leads a happy life and she has a lot of great friends yeah. and she's always having a laugh and yeah. having a nice time, which is fantastic. What more could you want? I mean. Yeah. What of your dad? still exists in you today what what of him is still alive in Rebecca Williams today um work ethic yeah uh tough you're tough I think so yeah <laughs> you're resilient yeah. yeah like yeah I know I might be a bit bold here what of your dad are you glad it's not part of you? <laughs> no, so that's not about your dad. This is more about you, right? Not about you. What, 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 what of you is not part of your dad, apart from being female and feminine, you know? Um, well, he was a little bit of a, uh, I think I said to you earlier, a, a bit of an emotional cripple. Right, yeah. He found it very difficult to... Um, let you know that he loved you. Yeah, yeah. He he struggled with that, you know. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until he got dementia. Yeah. That he became a much softer person. Wow, isn't that interesting? Because <laughs> have you I'm, got an explanation of that? Well, I just suppose. I mean, I don't know. I um, I was all always mildly terrified of my father, but not terrified in the way that he was going to, you know, give me yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a smack or anything. But he had such high expectations. Yeah. He was a hard taskmaster. Yeah. And, you know, you get up in the morning and you get ready, you shout, you get ready for the day and you go yeah. and exercise or you do this. And he was, he was hard. Yeah. Um, you know, I never forget one of the things I'll, I'll, I'll always wash my own car because he said to me once, Becky, if you can afford to go and pay someone else to wash yeah. your car, then you can afford to never ask me for another dollar. Yeah. Take pride in your car and wash it yourself. I still do. Jeez, <laughs> I, I'd be frightened of him if I received those. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just the way he was. He was very practical, yeah. um, hardworking. Yeah. Yeah, and he expected perfection. He mm. was, you know, I remember when I started my my horse uh, career and, you know, I'd, I'd go to the shows and come home and say, oh, look, I got, I got second. There is no such thing as second. He did. No one cares about second. He would say that. Oh, yeah. Wow. So it was that strive for perfection all yeah. the time that was quite tiring. <laughs> yeah. That would have been tough on a young yeah. a young yeah. person. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it wasn't until he started yeah. softening. I was like, I'm not scared of you anymore. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what you think. <laughs> yeah. But what's interesting is dementia, of course, actually, I assume, and please the medical profession will catch me out here, mm. I assume actually diminishes the amount of thinking. So mm. it's almost as if the thinking may have, or the lack of it, mm. may have opened him up just to be. Yeah, yeah. You know, not the identity of entrepreneurial Keith. Yes. You know, yeah. just Keith. The man yeah, yeah. without that 
intervening yeah. thought and identity and yeah. past experiences of who I am, you know, etc., yeah. etc., cetera, et cetera, yeah. and oh, allow the yeah. softer. That's right. Could be. I don't know. I'm speaking out of no, medical yeah, school no. here. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, it first came about when he 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 always had um, dogs, but you know, big dogs, Rottweilers and Dobermans and guard dogs. Yeah, and I'm. Um, I had a couple of miniature schnauzers and he fell in love with them. Yeah. So I bought him one. Yeah. And that dog was the love of his life. Yeah. He told that dog he loved it more than he ever told my brother and I, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids, funny how kids notice those things. Eh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he loved those dogs. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Has the, the, the effect of that, does that make you more aware of you personally being a little bit more emotively expressive and... Yeah. Um, or is yes, that think, part of your life still challenging for you? Um, y- yes, I'm not probably uh, – when in a relationship, uh, I may come across as a bit cold. Yeah. Um, wow. Mm, bit you know what my wow is? Because anybody listening to this, <laughs> I don't think that would be the first thing that would come to their mind. No, Right. Yeah. With, I'm different with my friends. Yeah. My friends are, you know, of utmost importance to me and I tell them I love them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but, yeah, relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Except the one on the farm. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. I tell him that because he tells me all the time. <laughs> what does he tell you? I love you. Does he? Love of my life. Is that, is that what he said? <laughs> He's such a romantic. Yeah. And I'm sometimes like, oh, God. Wasn't there a Queen song? <laughs> Queen song, yeah. Love of my life, yeah. Oh, was it I can hear that one. Freddie Mercury singing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Beck, I really want to thank you. You know, I sometimes these these podcasts, um, I, I get the privilege of having coffees like I had with you and, and Merrin, had a, had a lunch up at Joey's. And our listeners are very familiar with Joey's. I mentioned Joey's many, many times. Terrific cafe overlooking the Brisbane River. Mm. And and what we discuss up there when people share their story before the podcast, it's interesting. We come to the podcast and then understandably, no judgment, some of the some of the stuff that we discuss doesn't come through. Mm. The people appropriately choose not to share, you know. But you've given us a, a rare glimpse, a rare insight into a life, you know. And not too many of us would get an insight into the life of an Alan Bond or a Kerry Packer or a Keith Williams, <laughs> you know, that type of lifestyle. Yeah. That's, not, that's not the norm. No, you no, know? no, it's not. And, and we haven't dug too deep into it, but you've given us a little bit of a glimpse of that. And mm. then to be able to, to be here and just share so openly um, that that lifestyle was uh, disappeared one day. Mm. Yeah, that is... Yeah. I can only imagine the uh, the effect and the impact. Mm. What else have you learned as a result of that incredible journey you've been on? Don't sweat the small stuff. 
What's that mean? I, I, I know what it means as a phrase, but what do you mean by that? What do you mean when well, you say a, that to there's us? There's a lot worse things in life that can happen to oneself um, than, uh, yeah, the yeah. loss of a lifestyle or whether it be money or things, materialistic things. You yeah. don't need yeah. You don't need it. Yeah. How much do you value the current lifestyle that you've got? Oh, value it greatly. Is it the best? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I do. I love it. I wouldn't be there if I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What creates the meaningful life? To be happy and in love. <laughs> Say that again, please. Say that again. To be happy and in love, in love with life, in love with oneself, in love with another human, in love with, yeah, life. Wow. See, I find that incredible. <laughs> I do. I do because of the whole journey that you've been on. You get to 50 plus years of age <laughs> and you've been up those mountains, down those valleys, you've fallen. <laughs> you've had houses that you've had to give up. You've had cars repossessed. Oh, yeah. you know, bankruptcy it, it, was fun. Bankruptcy, yep. you know, Rebecca Williams bankrupt, you know. Mm. And what conclusion does she reach about what brings meaning to life is do what makes you happy. Mm. And value love. Mm. Isn't that what you just said? Yeah. Something uh, like that, Bernie. So My memory's not so good. <laughs> and it's short. Yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> just beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> Beck, I thanked you before for having the courage, I suppose, just to you know, be here this afternoon. But uh, the, the courage for you to, to tell such an epic story. And yet I say that because we'll meet someone else, you know, next week and guess yep. what? Their story will be even more, uh, you know, fulls of ups and downs. And uh -huh. uh, I tell you what, there's not too many people <laughs> that only get a life of ups. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I don't think that no, happens that's true. at all. That's true. Rebecca Williams, I'm so appreciative of your time and thank you for what you've given me. Thank this you afternoon, for me. and thank you very, very much for giving our our listeners um, the 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 benefit and the value of your beautiful and incredible journey. Of course, Beck, you actually have been on another journey, and that is a journey with, with Bernie. <laughs> like I didn't say, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, all lunch she called me Barry. I think there was even I a Barney you once. there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, cheers, Beck, and thank you, dear listeners, too, for uh, for tuning in. So value that you uh, you give support to these episodes. Hope you're learning heaps. God, I'm having a hoot. Cheers. Bye. Hey, I do hope you enjoyed today's episode of A Journey with Bernie, dear people. I loved it. I just love the continuous learning journey that our dear guests offer each and every one of us. Of course, you may be after contact and connection details or references to books or other podcasts or educational sources that we talked about. They're all in the podcast notes. Do go there, folks. 
Now, there are some of you that have rung me about joining our forthcoming trips to Nepal. We're leaving April the 6th and September the 22nd. Imagine you and I walking to Everest Base Camp, even discussing some of the content of these episodes. You do have another opportunity, and that's that beautiful, iconic pathway to Gokyo Lakes via Ronjo Pass or Shola Pass. Imagine being in the presence of the mighty Himalayas. It'd be so great to have you on board. Just give us a call. Plus six one, that's the Australian code, followed by my mobile number, 412-982-444. Why? Because we've just got to embrace this journey called life. Enjoy it, dear people. And just remember...